Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello and welcome to your Red Friday edition of the Arrowhead Drive. I'm Pete Sweeney. Let's start your morning with today's outlook on the Kansas City Chiefs. Here's what you need to know for Friday, December 23rd. Well, I'll say this. We're going to do whatever we need to do to win, okay? If it means running the football, we got to run it. And the guys up front got to make sure that they understand which every week it happens. Everything starts with them. And so the guys up front got to set the tone. Uh, when called upon to run it, we got to grind it out and find four and a half. Anything after that is a bonus. So we know uh, what Pete Carroll defenses are uh, normally very, very good, structurally sound guys. They got some big time players up front. They got a linebacker who I believe is leading the league and in, uh, in, uh, tackles. And in that back end, they're pretty damn good. So we got to go out and make sure that we're executing on all phases. But more importantly, we got to make sure that after each possession that we're handing that ball back to the ref. The first wave of extreme winter weather hit Kansas City on Thursday. It's white Christmas for Saturday's game against the Seattle Seahawks. And while there's not much snow to be expected on Christmas Eve, Chiefs fans can expect extreme cold on Saturday. Fire up the grills early. Bundle up if you're going out to GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Kansas City looks to keep the Seahawks trending in the wrong direction while keeping their hopes for a playoff bye alive. As far as Saturday's injury report goes, the Chiefs are dealing with a bit of a, a sickness bug this week, at least in the defensive line room. Colin Saunders missed practice on Thursday with an illness. Mike Dana and Dion Bush, who missed practice earlier in the week with illness, returned on Thursday. Chris Jones popped up with an illness last week, and he missed the early week practice but was able to return in a full capacity. Jody Fortson is dealing with an elbow issue that Andy Reid said earlier in the week will likely keep him out of the game on Saturday. We could see the return of McCole Hardman, though Reid added he might not be there just yet. Wide receiver Kadarius Toney has been a full participant all week. Adding those two back into the Chiefs' top-scoring offense will only make this offense that much more dangerous, but it might be another week on Hardman. The injury report is a bit rough on the Seahawks' side. We already knew wide receiver Tyler Lockett would likely miss this week, but rookie stud running back Kenneth Walker has also missed practice with an ankle injury. If he's unable to go, his backup DJ Dallas logged a limited session after missing multiple games, and Travis Homer could be in line to start for the Seahawks' backfield if neither Dallas or Walker are available. Tight end Noah Fant is also seriously in doubt with a knee injury, and the Seahawks have several defensive injuries to monitor ahead of Saturday's kickoff. The full injury report is available for you right now at arrowheadpride.com. No, I mean, there should be a sense of urgency. Um... You know, it's hard. One was at the 17. I think that was the second one. And the way we look at it in that situation, got holding to a field goal. That's our job, right? And to have it, have them score in two plays was really disappointing. 
Um, the other one is around the 42 or something. I mean, that's plenty enough field there where you're not supposed to give up a touchdown. So we do always talk about sudden chains, sudden challenge situations, what offenses like to do in them uh, during those. Um, and we just got to be better at it. I mean, the 17-yard line was a obvious. I mean, you don't have to be real intelligent in football to realize we lost contain over there and the quarterback took off. So we got to tighten some of those things up. Now, we've talked plenty in recent weeks about this Chiefs team's issue with turnovers on both sides of the ball. The offense gives it away, and the defense, well, they struggle to take it away. Those are big issues in the NFL. Defensive turnovers are hard to predict, and usually they come in waves, but that just has not been the case for the Chiefs on that side of the ball this year. We've also discussed how this defense has struggled in the red zone, and sometimes that does have to do with the offense turning the football over, as we saw last week in Houston. The Seahawks are a positive turnover team on the season, thanks in large part to rookie fifth-rounder cornerback Tariq Woolen's six interceptions and Geno Smith playing the best football of his career. The odds are in the Chiefs' favor that the turnover wave could be coming for the defense. Whether or not that actually happens will have a lot to do with how this defense plays down the stretch, specifically their veteran safeties in Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed. I was, um, you know, sometimes I go on the internet and try to get pictures for my meetings and stuff, and there was a picture of Metcalf without a shirt on. I'm like, good God, I mean, what a stud, right? Reminded me of T.O. When, when T, I had T.O. We in Philadelphia, but yeah, he's big, he's strong, he plays a powerful game, you know, he'll out-muscle guys. Uh, Talked about it all week long. We got to find ways to maybe get two on him. Um, he's a go-to guy, and even even I watch teams that double him at times, and sometimes that doesn't make a difference because he he's just so physically bigger and stronger than the guy he's going against. But we got to limit those kind of plays. First off, picturing Spags perusing the internet for photos of DK Metcalf is hilarious. Second, if the Seahawks are missing Tyler Lockett, Noah Fant, and Kenneth Walker on Saturday, this Chiefs defense will have to find a way to slow down Metcalf, and they should be good. It's also worth mentioning Seattle's number three, Marquise Goodwin, logged limited practice sessions this week as well. Kansas City's secondary has struggled more recently, and Metcalf is the exact kind of physical wide receiver that gives the Chiefs problems. We've seen Mike Williams of the Chargers give this unit plenty of issues over the years. Metcalf is the exact same kind of physical specimen, but sprinkle in his absurd 4.3 40-yard dash speed, and Metcalf could really give you some issues. We'll have to wait for inactives on Saturday, but depending on the Seahawks pass catchers that are available, finding success on that side of the ball could come down to what they can do against Metcalf. You obviously want those guys to understand that there's a great deal of confidence in them. I know he didn't go right back in after that play, but that was just because of the play that was being called. We haven't lost any confidence in him at all. Pacheco is still Pacheco, and he understands exactly what needs to be done, but also he understands that he has to be accountable in making sure he's doing the little things necessary to help us to be the consistent team that we need to be. Rookie Isaiah Pacheco has become a significant part of this Chiefs offense over the back half of the season. The seventh rounder feels like he's searching for his premier NFL performance, but at the very least, he's been extremely solid for this Chiefs offense. Pacheco is a powerful runner who tries to run through anyone that would dare to try to tackle him. We've seen glimpses of his explosiveness as well, and just like last week, this could be a big Pacheco game. He finished last week's contest with 15 carries for 86 yards, but a bulk of his work came in the first half against Houston. 
Similar to the Texans, the Seahawks' Achilles heel on defense this year has been trying to stop that run. They trail only those Texans in rushing yards per game allowed, meaning in a sub-zero-like contest on Saturday, the Chiefs should be more than willing to deploy their new battering ram in Isaiah Pacheco. Jarek McKinnon has had back-to-back monster games, and we'd expect he'll continue to be a big part of the offense, but this one does feel like it could be a legitimate breakout game for the Chiefs' rookie seventh-round running back. Stay off Twitter, bro. Forget it. Because at the end of the day, I understand where you're coming from, but in this league, man, everybody's not going to like you. Everybody is not going to appreciate you. As long as the guys in the room understand it, as long as this team, which is the most important part of this whole schematic, as long as they understand your value, that's all that matters, man. That's how social media is these days, man. You know, uh, a lot of us have platforms and those 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 gigs that we get on and uh, we interact with fans and sometimes it can turn ugly and it can take a love turn so for me personally i just stay off of social media especially during this time you know especially engaging with fans that you know either dislike you or dislike you for a play you did this year or dislike you for a play you did last game they'll live with it we'll pick it up next game we'll talk about it later you know It's been a busy week on Chiefs social media. For those of you who practice what Chris Jones was preaching in staying off of social media, Chiefs defensive lineman Colin Saunders, who's been out of practice this week with that illness, decided to respond to some fans on Twitter. And that led to Saunders going back and forth for quite some time responding to negative Chiefs fans. This isn't anything new, but the most noteworthy response was one where Saunders hinted at not being with Kansas City next year. He is on the final year of his rookie contract, after all. The Chiefs have lofty goals for this season, and it's fair to be worried about the defense because you've got the best player on the planet on the other side of the ball. This team has already seen one AFC title slip through its fingers because the defense was incapable of getting a stop. We know the defense still has plenty to work on, but we tend to agree with Chris Jones that it's probably best for the Chiefs to stay off of social media during the season. They have a strong chance at proving where their heads are at on Saturday on the defensive side of the ball, going up against the Seahawks team that has allowed 37 sacks on the year. Yeah, man, it's just nothing short of a blessing uh, to be able to have an opportunity to be voted in by fans, uh, coaches, and players uh, for the last four years, man. Uh, you know, man, it's very special. Uh, it's an honor I don't take lightly. But, man, I'm, I'm so happy for the guys in the room that had the opportunity to make the first ones, man, with John and Creed, uh, two guys that come in here every single day, head down, working hard, taking coaching very well, um, have a ton of love and commitment to the game, to this franchise, to our room. Uh, man, I'm, I'm very happy for those two. Orlando Brown was selected for his fourth consecutive Pro Bowl earlier this week when the official rosters were announced. The Chiefs had seven players from this year's team included on the list in Brown, Creed Humphrey, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Tooney, and Tommy Townsend. The Pro Bowl isn't exactly the same as being recognized as an all-pro, but most times in the NFL, the acknowledgement still means something to do with the players, and they usually have some kind of incentive built into their contract. So whether you care about the Pro Bowl or not, it still means something to these guys, and it's still impressive that seven different Chiefs made the squad, including three offensive linemen. The Dallas Cowboys also had seven players, and the Chiefs were only bested by the Philadelphia Eagles, who had eight. That's it for the Arrowhead Drive for Red Friday, December 23rd. If you've enjoyed the Arrowhead Drive, please subscribe to the entire Arrowhead Pride podcast network. And while you're there, leave us a rating and a review. Coming up later today, it's show and BK on the Chiefs with our full preview of Saturday's game. 
As for me, that's a wrap for now. I'm Pete Sweeney. We'll catch you on Monday for the next edition of the Arrowhead Drive. Thank you.